0: Hi, this is Neta Lauren from SmackDown, and you're listening to Freeform Rock Podcast.
1: All right! You are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast with Mark Alden Taylor.
2: All right. Welcome to another edition of the Freeform Rock Podcast, which almost recorded without you, Lee.
1: You were MIA. Yeah, well, that meant maybe in another and, and whether it be another world or another cloud, you can make your own guess.
2: Did you ever watch that uh, soap opera called Another World?
1: <laughs> I might have looked at it for one minute.
2: I just looked at it for the hot chicks.
1: but uh, The hot um, soap I, opera I, I, that, that was around for a long time. I forgot about it. I should look that up on YouTube, it 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 probably was was pretty good. Yeah, the only, I saw all my children. Yeah, the that only Kim Delaney in it.
2: The only NBC soap left is uh, Days of Our Lives. Wow, <laughs> that's
1: been around. I think almost. Longer than I've been around. I used to yeah. watch
2: that with my mom and I'd, I'd get into it. And then, like, what? Well, they had Roman Brady, Marlena Brady. They had all the freaking people in there. Freaking, I remember the Christmas episodes where they had an ornament for even the people who died on the show were there and it was just freaking funny because i i turned it on like a like a month ago to see it. it's still the same shit it still has marlena brady wow. <laughs> roman brady and jack
3: black are still in there what <laughs> like, was the one with rick springfield was that general hospital that was general hospital yeah okay but well, he was like, still
2: doing that while his album was hitting number 1. That was oh,
3: oh yeah, I think oh, more people probably knew him from the soap opera than than his music career until that took off.
2: Yeah, he was afraid to leave uh, the music career until it <laughs> until the soap opera until that took off. I don't know. Yeah. So how you doing Brian? Brian's on here our Month of Blues. We're doing Muddy Waters hard again. So how you doing today Brian?
3: I'm great. I'm, I'm glad we we was here, and and uh, cause yep. you, need, you need everything. You need you need the whole uh, kit and caboodle. Yeah, he's upset yep.
2: about the Pantera episode, so he was getting back at me.
3: <laughs> um,
1: no, but I'll say yes because that that sounds better than the real reason. <laughs> so,
2: how you doing, Lee? Uh,
1: I'm doing okay. Nice. I'm, um finishing writing something and um i kind of needed a break and this helped me um have that break
2: cool man all right remember that commercial at mcdonald's you deserve a break today at mcdonald's da, da, yeah da, 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 da. <laughs> or that's that's i'm loving it right the da, 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 da.
1: yeah <laughs> like in my a... neighborhood in oakland it would have been you deserve to get your wallet snatched today and then this buddy <laughs> across the street is saying, I'm loving it.
2: Yeah, around the freaking the uh, the arena and uh football field where the Lakers where the Raiders played, man, that was a bad area, man. <laughs>
3: uh wow. yeah. And Good. I I went to tons of A's games there and uh, the Warriors play there as well. Or they used to, now they're in San Francisco, but uh yeah, not a not a great area, but definitely saw a lot of a lot of games there. But it's right by BART, so it's perfect. It's a perfect area for. It's actually the perfect location for a stadium if you live in the Bay Area as a BART. But yeah,
2: yeah, the A's are trying to get a new stadium, but the Giants are blocking them. <laughs>
3: Well, yeah, because the Giants have the um, the ownership rights. I we're we're getting in kind of granular with the barrier, but the Giants Giants have the ownership rights to San Jose. Otherwise, I think Oakland would love to move to San Jose, but the, the Giants won't let them.
2: Yeah, Oakland's been trying to move to San Jose. Well, you need to get out of that area, man, because uh, you go to a game you get mugged.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: On the way over, over. In,
1: over in New York, I I went to see um, a group and um. When I went off of the BART, some guy walking by saw me and kind of frowned a little bit and went, um, "Where are you going?" More, more like just, you know, wanting to know what direction I was in, well, and 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 he was a like a a white guy with a yarmulke. Up. So mm. so that so that, but but I but I told him where I was going. And when it's over there, I went, "Thank you, and went, okay." And he walked. So I, I think he probably. He might have been in a bad mood, but he understood that maybe I need help, so he was actually being very cool. He was just outwardly a little bit distraught but but he wasn't a bad guy. he was just um he sensed maybe I
3: needed directions and he and he told me so sure. that was cool. And right. you've seen a lot of shows at the Oakland Arena, right, Lee? Like, I think you saw, oh, I know you saw, we saw ELO with, with Ralph there, right?
1: I saw that there. That's probably the only show I saw there.
3: Oh, wow. I okay. saw
1: um, Van Halen in the Cow Palace, and I sure. think
3: I saw Kiss there. Oh, nice. Yeah, the Cow Palace used to be the venue back in the day. Yeah, That
2: used to be where the Warriors played, wasn't it? Or didn't they play Yeah,
3: they, when they first yeah. moved to, to the Bay Area from Philadelphia, yeah, that's where they went. Yeah, Actually I, I saw the Warriors.
1: Yeah. I saw the Warriors in a game in 1976. I don't even remember where. Oh wow, cuz that was a uh, Rick Barry in
3: there.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Rick Barry was a great player, man. <laughs>
3: the, he was. The, yeah, the freaking underhand
0: I, I uh, free throw I saw game. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Uh bad. His sons weren't as good as him though.
3: Yeah, <laughs> no, they were like role players. Guys come off the bench, maybe shoot a three, but no, they weren't all-around uh well-rounded like Rick Barry was.
2: Yeah, Rick Berry was awesome. Um but it's it's sad, that uh, uh Peyton Manning's dad wasn't as good as uh the Mannings. <laughs> so his son was no, better.
3: No, but he still actually was a very good player. He yeah. just he didn't you know he was not, on, not a Hall of Famer. He yeah. was on the Aints. So yeah. That's yeah, that was the problem. If he was on a better team, it might have been better. Maybe.
2: But uh I, I've been to the Oakland uh arena there i saw uh my hmm. grandma when i was up there visiting her in alameda she took me to see uh ringling brothers circus there
3: yeah yeah that's they used to have the circus oh, there wow. yep
2: yeah i used to i went there once so i've been there um uh, i've been to the nice. la coliseum which is a really bad area around there too and they built a new soccer stadium right next to it where i saw iron maiden on the legacy of the beast tour last year so nice
3: that's that's near USC, right?
2: Yes, it's right near okay. USC.
3: Yep. that's a bad area.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's what I <laughs> And and they have people selling parking at their houses. I go, no, thank you.
3: <laughs> that's like that. It's like that. In Ber- Lee probably knows in Berkeley, all of the fraternities sell their their spots for the the Greek theater and stuff like that. So,
1: yeah. Um, I never went to the Greek theater, believe it or not. Oh, wow. But I, I understand what you mean.
3: Yeah.
2: My, yep. fr- my friend took me to the u2 uh concert at the coliseum in 87 and we parked at somebody's house but that's when <laughs> i didn't know better <laughs> but nothing happened oh, yeah. but, but now i look at that I go, no i'm gonna pay ten dollars more to go to a, a, a parking lot with
3: security <laughs> oh yeah you pay an arm and a leg now for parking oh it's god good. it's like
2: 50 bucks sometimes at, uh, it um, is staple center you got you could go around there's a bunch of Parking lot off shop parking lots, but if you park at yep. the Staples Center parking lot, it's like forty bucks. Oh yeah, yeah. And, they, and then they, I,
1: they...
2: I find some with the uh, the high rise parking lots. They'll sell it for fifteen to twenty.
1: Right. It's still secure. There was one guy I knew, um, and and he mentioned how, um, you know, they had to go shopping, and all the parking spaces were taken, and there was a handicap spot, and and that. Um, was available, and he said to his friend, park here. And he said, it's a handicapped spot. We'll get a ticket. He went, if a policeman comes by, I'll take care of it. So what happened was they parked there, and the guy left, and a policeman did see them and walked by. He (laughs) went out of the car, and he went on top of the front hood, and he acted like he had an epileptic fit, and he screamed on top of his lungs, and, went, <laughs> and the police officer sighed and shook his head and walked away. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he didn't even look for the sticker, because I, this is kind of a sore point for me, because my, my, <laughs> my uncle's a paraplegic, and so you need to have that, that either on your license plate or the actual tag, yeah. Uh and uh more often yeah, and some people I I totally get what what the guy was doing, but yeah, it's always uh, I've been in you know, yeah. places with my my uncle where he didn't have a place to park because I'm not sure everyone's legally parking there. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So don't do that folks, even if you if if you can do an epileptic fit, but don't yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, um these are unique people I knew.
3: Sure, sure.
2: <laughs> well, it's like, uh, speaking of, uh, parking, uh, Irvine Meadows used to be a thing down here in Orange County. Uh, they had a amphitheater there, Irvine Meadows Amphitheater, which I saw Rush. I saw uh, Def Leppard, Night Ranger, uh, Def Leppard, not Night Ranger. I didn't see them till last year, but I saw so many shows there. They closed it down, but when you went there, you didn't have to pay for parking. And mm. the same thing with the new one they have in Irvine Five Points Amphitheater. You don't have to pay for parking. You just roll right in and it was like awesome and i go i was looking for the place to pay parking where's the 30 dollar charge you know they don't charge you in orange county weird <laughs>
3: Yeah, some. I, I wonder if they put it, they added to the ticket. That actually almost might be better if they just put it into the price of the ticket. But you're already paying so many fees because of Ticketmaster and things like that. But yeah, yeah. It's like
2: Staples Center, uh, they don't do that. They don't add it to your ticket. They, that you could oh. pay to add it to your ticket sure. on Ticketmaster, but it's still about the same price. Yeah, uh, but different with Dodger Stadium. If you go to Dodger Stadium, I think it's like what twenty-five dollars to park there. But if you buy your parking ticket online, it's only fifteen.
3: Okay, nice. Yeah, I've been to Dodger Stadium once, guy, back in two thousand. I loved it, but yeah, I, I understand why people get their way because <laughs> it's it's insane going there.
2: Yeah, man, I hate t- they get you with the ticket prices, the freaking ch- charge upon charge, and then you get to the concert and you're paying like almost fifty bucks to get in.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, Again. they're gonna get you one way or the other.
2: Yeah, and then the shirts, man. I remember when they used to be twenty, now they're like forty, like thirty five to forty
3: oh yeah i'm going damn
2: even if you go online you could find them cheaper on their websites but at the day of the concert man they're expensive
3: oh yeah definitely
2: all right well let's get into this album that you picked brian hard again by the great muddy waters uh this was produced by uh johnny winter (laughs) is that is that egger's brother or yeah absolutely nice so how did you get into muddy waters it's probably your dad right
3: Oh, absolutely. It, he, Muddy Waters was the first blues artist I got to, into, got into as a kid. Uh, I just loved his swagger, the tone of his voice. And uh, he also surrounded himself with the best musicians. Um, you know, my dad, I want to say in the mid 80s, he received this huge vinyl box set of Muddy Waters. I think there was about 11 records in it. And it was a, it was a present from his business partner. And the majority of Muddy's early work and the singles from Chess Records were included in this set. And so I listened to that, box it, like, nonstop. And he was, like, the most popular artist in my world. Uh, And Muddy, for Hard again, Muddy had been on Chess Records for over 30 years. So once Chess was sold to a music label conglomerate, uh, Muddy was looking for another place to record. And so the natural fit was Blue Sky, which was under the uh, Columbia label. And that was run by Johnny Winner's manager. So they kind of connected them. And what you'll hear on this album, it's really warm, it's well-recorded. And the other thing that makes it super special is that everyone played in the same room at the same time. And even back in 1976, bands didn't often record in the same room. And so you can hear the tightness and and also spontaneity in each song on this album. And and the entire album was recorded in in three days. Uh, But for the album title, you might be wondering, well, what is hard again? And so at the time, a reporter was asking Muddy and Johnny Winter... Uh, after the album was released. And, and Johnny started to give an answer, and then Muddy kind of playfully interrupted and said that the album made my little pee-pee hard again. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. yeah so wh- whatever pseudo Viagra the music gave him, Muddy's voice sounded great, uh, as in the past. And he was 63 when he recorded this. And today, 63 seems like nothing. But bluesmen back in the day, they lived a tough life. And so this was not a young 63.
2: Yeah, uh, in the second track of the song, I said, did they record this live in the studio? (laughs) Yeah, no, they totally did. So that note is erased because you already said it. I don't have to ask you that question. Well,
3: there
2: Uh, you go. Yeah, so let's get into the first track, which you picked, uh, Brian, Manish Boy, on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
4: Oh,
0: yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. Everything, 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 gonna be all right this morning. Yes, I oh, yeah. yeah. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Now, when I was a young boy, at the age of five. Gonna be the greatest man alive. But now I'm a man, way past 21. I want you to believe me, baby. I have lots of fun. Man. The lion I shoot and will never miss But I make love to a woman she can't resist I think i go down to old Kansas too I'm gonna bring back my second cousin That's little Johnny Cockroo And 5 minutes time Ain't that a man
2: That was Manish Boy. Uh, why'd you pick that track, Brian?
3: Well, look, uh, this might be the definitive track for, for many people. It was originally written by Bo Diddley, recorded back in 1955. Muddy did his own version of it back, I believe, in the early 60s, maybe late 50s. It's one of the most famous songs on the album and definitely one of the most famous blues songs. And, and I dare say this might be the, the definitive version of the track. Uh, which is amazing because it's in the latter half of Muddy's career, but the band and the enthusiasm, just like the the title, it's infectious. I mean, right from the beginning, Johnny Winter's yelling in the background before the band kicks in. You can tell this is going to be good. And then when you get to it, that's that, that standard blues tone that even non-blues fans know. I mean, if you're gonna ask a non-blues fan to like hum a riff or a rhythm of what you would think blues is. They're probably going to go with this riff, you know, the da 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 da. I mean, it's it's totally I mean, that's that's the blues. And then if you look for the the lyrical content, look, the the blues is usually about a few subjects, and one of the main ones is sex. And so this is definitely about Muddy picking up women and his like sexual power and his, you know, proudness and things like that. Uh, but again, the band is just solid here. James Cotton is on the harmonica. He was with them for for years before this. And uh, you get these little guitar fills from Johnny Winter and Bar Mark Bolin. And then uh, Willie Big Eye Smith is keeping the beat on the drums. It's it's so steady. It's really the blueprint for a blues song.
2: What did you think about it, Lee?
3: I said
1: that it's a pretty good opening track, but some of the basic one-dimensional aspects of the arrangement makes this one of the weakest tracks on this album.
2: Ah, I love this song. What a voice to start this off. It's freaking awesome and then the music comes in and i know this song fucking love it yeah. <laughs> i was like i know this song <laughs> it's like it stood out to me i got dude i know a fucking song because <laughs> you picked a lot of stuff brian i didn't know about and i like it <laughs> i like yeah. discovering old music that's new to me it's freaking awesome and i go wait i know this one and i go yay
3: <laughs> it's probably been in movies before too i, I can't give Risky you a any- business <laughs> Oh there you go. There
2: you go. It wasn't in uh uh what's that movie, uh the babysitter movie?
3: Wasn't it in that when they were singing the blues? <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna get to that actually. Oh, okay. There's a song on, on this uh, this album that, that's on that.
2: Oh cool, cool. And then uh we get to the next song which is Bus Driver. What do you think about this one, Brian?
3: Yeah, th- I think the real hero of this album, and-, and again, the resurgence of Muddy's career, it has to be given to Johnny Winter. He totally got what Muddy was about, and he didn't try to change him or update his sound like some producers w- would do. Uh, he basically went back to the vintage Muddy, and-, and a perfect example is Winter's guitar tone. And the intro riff in Bus Driver is exactly the kind of tone that Muddy would have had in one of his 1950s you know, records on Chess. And of course, having James Cotton back on harmonica... Along with his longtime uh, piano player, Pine Top Perkins. It's exactly what was needed for the band and the sound. And James Cotton is easily in my top five blues harmonica players, and he's all over this song. And you get some great slide guitar work from Johnny Winter. Uh, it's crazy because almost all jam bands kind of owe a debt to the great blues fans because Bus Driver is a perfect example. Even every player gets a chance to shine and it's all feel. And, and for example, towards the end, Johnny Winter's guitar solo and then Fine Top Perp- Perkins does a quick like piano rip, which is kind of like a heads up that he's going to come in at some point. It, it's so subtle, but it, it's perfect. And Uh, Other times, you know, Muddy will just simply call out a guy, and that's his cue, because they're doing this live. Uh, But it all fits the groove of the song. It's all organic, and and it's great. Yeah, it's over
2: seven minutes. I was like, wow, I thought this album would be like two, three-minute songs. Oh, they're jamming. They're jamming on this album. What do you think about this song, Lee?
1: This is a blues epic on here. It starts basic and builds in intensity, and everyone plays great. And you can tell they had a ball recording it. It's a really right on tune.
2: Yeah, this is where I I figured out, hey, man, they must be playing live together in a studio because this sounds so live and clear. Uh, It sounds great. And the blues harp on this song is so good. And that slow blues groove, man. I need some whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) And man, I always need whiskey now what am i talking about and man this is a long jam and a honky tonk piano rules man this this is a great jam i like it i was going man this song keeps going and going i looked at the time and i go man seven minutes and 44 seconds this is a jam yeah (laughs) they're just jamming away they didn't know when to stop (laughs) and then we get to the next track which uh, lee picked i want to be loved so here's i want to be loved on the freeform rock podcast
4: I want to be loved. Crazy 'bout every little thing you do. I even cherish your hug. Your kiss is so sweet, honey. The can't be? But baby, I want to be loved.
2: Was i want to be loved what would you think about this
1: one lee they cook with gas on this it's one of the best songs on the album this smokes what would you think about it brian
3: yeah this is written by the great blues songwriter willie dixon you'll of course know him if you listen to zeppelin uh and this was originally recorded by muddy back in 1955 it's also the shortest song on the album and it's a nice little blues shuffle song it This one's all about the song. There's no blues jamming on this one, which is actually a great, nice change of pace. And and typical of the singles written back in the early days of of music. And uh, everything was about the song, not the solos. And again, it was a nice choice to put this after the seven-minute jam of Bus Driver. And a great harmonica solo by James Cotton.
2: Yeah, this is a a killer jam, jam. The drum sound and the whole band is on fire. Blues, heart, piano on fire. And then the middle changes tempo. So fucking good. I love it. (laughs) And it's a short song, man. It's like one of these songs that should be longer to me. It just sounds longer the way it's uh, done. And then we get to the next song, Jealous Hearted Man. What would you think
3: about this one, Brian? This one's a little bit similar to Bus Driver, uh, but it's a little bit more up-tempo. It's a shorter song. Uh, But James Cotton, again, gets to to shine with some fabulous harmonica playing throughout the song and, and his solo. And then after Cotton's solo, you get Johnny Winter, and he does like kind of a non-slide guitar solo, which is a, a change of pace for him, but you can tell that it's his tone, and it's just a really well-crafted blues song and a great album track.
1: What would you think about it, Lee? This sounds more like a Johnny Winter tune mm-hmm. that Muddy Waters sang on. It's really good, but I think it would have been even better on a Johnny Winter album. For mm-hmm. this album... It sounds a bit busy and doesn't totally fit as well as the other songs, but as an individual song, I think it's great.
2: Yeah, this this album keeps grooving along. Uh, I thought this would be a more of a guitar-heavy album, but man, the blues harp is kicking some ass, and... and... I put him up there with Paul Butterfield, man, because remember we were talking about that? I go, this isn't Paul Butterfield when I hear harmonica now. And now I'm going, well, this is just as good as Paul Butterfield. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
3: (laughs) Butterfield was definitely influenced by guys like Little Walter, who was in Muddy's band, and of course, James Cotton. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, this is, like, guitar does kick ass. But, man, that blues harp is the star of this song. In the middle, we get a killer guitar solo. Man, this track is my favorite on here. Love it. (laughs) Nice. And then we get to the uh, last song on side one, I Can't Be Satisfied. What would you think about this one, uh, Brian?
3: This is one of the oldest uh, tracks that was kind of revised on this album, and the original version, Muddy Cut, back in 1948, and they really do stay true to the original vibe. And Johnny Winter plays some great lap steel slide guitar on this, and then kind of a, the subdued drumming is very reminiscent to like those '40s era, you know, style recordings. And I love this updated rendition, and because the only major difference is the modern recording techniques, but it doesn't take away from the original vibe at all. And that's all because of Johnny Winter's guitar tone; it's it's absolutely perfect. And and this is the way you kind of uh, make something modern and old school at the same time. It's really well done. What
1: do you think about it, Lee? I'm not usually a fan
3: of the country blues,
1: but this manages to be likable. It's a cool song, and I dig it.
2: Yeah, uh, I was going to ask you, Brian, is there a still guitar on this? You just said it. Yeah. there was a still guitar. <laughs> I love that sound and, uh, and the shuffle that's going on. It has going on. I love this song. Great song to end the first side. Then we get to the second side, which you uh, picked, Brian. The blues had a baby, and they named it Rock and Roll Part 2 so here we go with that song on the freeform rock podcast
4: Baby, baby, rock and roll mm-hmm. Let me it You know the blues got so
2: that was the blues had a baby and called it rock and roll part two. Why'd you pick that track, Brian?
3: Yeah, this is one of my favorite songs, uh, not just on this album, but one, uh, but muddy waters in general. Uh, this is the other really well-known song from the album and one of his best-known later-era tracks. And as you had alluded to earlier, it was featured for a great (laughs) scene in Adventures in Babysitting. So after Brad gets a knife thrown on his toe when he gets in the middle of the the gang fight on the subway, this plays as they're rushing him to the hospital. Uh, But that opening harmonica riff is so awesome, and it gets you right into the song. And and, then... It's really Cotton's harmonica riff that carries the song, not the guitar riff. As Mark alluded to, uh, this album is very uh, harmonica heavy and percussive, you know, heavy. And the lyrics are basically a history lesson. It's almost like you know the the blues version of Let There Be Rock. The title says it all, and and it's the truth, frankly. And even though the harmonica riff kind of carries the song, it, the guitar solo in the middle is fabulous and totally perfect for the vibe. And then the final solo from Barb Margolin... Uh, who's the other guitar player, he just carries a song home. Definitely, definitely a highlight song for me. What'd you think about it, Lee? This is a fun, cute song.
1: I'm not ordinarily a fan of songs that are about music and describe the music, but this works. I could have imagined this as a single.
3: Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, this song has so much going on. I like the line where "A Bruce got pregnant and named it rock and roll. So yeah. true. And the guitar is on fire and the blues heart, man. This is a great fucking rocking song. I love it. Uh, And then we get to the next one, which is Deep
3: Down in Florida. What would you think about this one, Brian? Yeah, this one's interesting. Uh, It's totally different, but it fits at the same time. And and the drumming is just a little bit off kilter. I think (laughs) it's on purpose. And I think it's creative to break up the monotony a bit. Uh, But other than that, this is a typical deep blues track. I, I wouldn't call it filler. It's just a deep album track that really works in, in, in the flow of an album. And, and uh, it definitely wouldn't stand out on its own. Uh, it's probably my least favorite song on the album, but it's not a bad song. What do you think about it, Lee? This sounds like the band Can't Heat. I mm. can dig it,
1: but I'm not usually a fan of this type of slow blues, but I dig the feeling in this, so it works for me.
2: Yeah, I agree with both of you. It, it's a good song. It's not my favorite on here, and but it's got driving guitar and killer vocals and a blues heart, man. It's full of soul. But uh, but the other songs, man, were just kicking ass. <laughs> and this yeah. kind of slows it down. And then we get to the next song, uh, Cross-Eyed Cat. What would you think about this one, Brian?
3: Yeah, this one gets uh, things back on track. Uh, it's a fun little groove, and it's powered, again, by the main harmonica riff from James Cotton. And again, that's the great thing about Muddy's band. The harmonica player is actually more important than the guitarist. I mean, Lil Walter, again, was originally in his band before James Cotton came along. And then uh, Paul Butterfield actually came later and played with Muddy as well. And so this is another great song for James Cotton to shine on. Uh, plus, we also get a nice little piano solo in the middle, which works really well for the vibe of the song. And I, if I had one beef for the album, and it's a, it's a minor one, it, I think that Pine Top Perkins should have been featured a bit more. Uh, but man, when you have a wealth of riches in the band, it's tough for everyone to get their time to shine, but uh, I think Pine- Pine Top sounds great here. What'd you think about it, Lee?
1: I do like it. I wouldn't want a whole album of this style of playing, but on this one song, it sounds pretty good.
2: Yeah, it's a killer jam, and the blues harp is, uh, grooving, Um uh, on all these songs, man, the blues harp is just kicking ass. I, the blues harp and this, and the little leads he is doing here and there, and it kicks into gear with a killer lead. This is a great song, man. And the piano is on fire in the middle. I can't forget about the piano. I love that piano on this album. Yeah.
0: Like, and I wish
2: he was featured a little bit more. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, like he said. And then we get to the, I guess this is the last song on the album, which Lee picked, but I did 10 songs. <laughs> so... Uh, no, there, there yeah, are nine official
3: lab. and then one bonus. Yeah,
2: yeah I, did the, I did a review for the bonus track because I didn't know it was a bonus track. I had track. an album that had Walking Through the Park with it. Okay, yeah, me too. So did I. All right, so here's Little Girl that Lee picked on the Freeform Rock podcast.
4: Shut
1: that was little girl why'd you pick that track lee oh this is the kind of blues i like it's sort of like jimmy reed who's one of my favorite blues men it has a cool slow groove i really like it's one of the best songs on the album what would you think about it brian
3: yeah great call with jimmy reed uh the original album <laughs> ends, uh, ends with a slower paced track very much like bus driver uh, it's a great way to end the album, and it kind of just allows everyone in the band another great chance to shine and kind of go out on a high note. Great guitar solo from Johnny uh, Winter in the beginning. And then James Cotton comes in halfway through with another great harmonica solo. And then, as I was hoping with Cross-Eyed Cat, uh, we get some good old barroom boogie piano solo from Pine Top towards the end. And I guess you saved the best for last, I, I suppose. Uh, and then the underrated, Bob Margolin, ends the solos with a terrific guitar. So uh, with about a minute to go before Muddy wraps it all up, it's it's just an awesome blues jam to finish out the, the official album, the original album. Uh, well,
1: I had a copy with, with a thing, a sticker called The Nice Price, and it was mm. on Blue Sky, and I remember it had Walking Through the Park. So oh. with the original, probably the very first pressing that... that um, you know, it concluded with Little Girl, and maybe I had
3: one that had another song on it? Possibly, yeah, because my original copy did not have Walking Through the Park, oh, and okay. I didn't get it. I didn't that's get it until they remastered but, it. But I, I
1: believe you, but yeah, that's okay.
3: interesting. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, it says 2004 Epic CD. Nice price was Columbia CBS, so that's probably the one you got, Lee. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Little Girl, man. This is a killer, upbeat song to end a great uh, wrong one traditional blues down and dirty i'm running out of things to say on this first listen this song is like all of them it rules <laughs> and it's like yeah. seven minutes again it's like dang freaking killer and then we'll get to the bonus track because we all did the review on this uh walking through the park what do you think about this one brian
3: so there were two tracks uh that were outtakes during the heart again sessions and walking through the park was one of them uh I, it's a terrific bonus track totally fits the vibe of the rest of the album which totally makes sense uh, it's more of an upbeat track, which I was really happy back when I I got the remastered version in 2004. Um, and, and sometimes bonus tracks ruin the vibe of the original album. But Walking Through the Park does not do that. I think it fits perfectly. And uh, just to kind of to wrap everything up, there were two more albums made with Johnny Winter uh, with Muddy. Uh, to wrap up his career before his death in 1983. So definitely check out I'm Ready and King Bee, and uh, they're both highly recommended if you enjoyed "Hard Again.
1: And there was Muddy Waters Live. Uh, and Muddy Waters, Water's Live. And, and I had all four of them.
2: Yeah. Hey, Lee, you're kind of in the background, your voice. <laughs>
1: I had all four of them. I had that, and I also had Muddy Waters Live.
2: You're still sound all muddy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, there you go.
2: There you go. There
1: yeah. You got it, yeah, I guess fucked
2: it. But I had. The okay. one you're back to being muddy again.
1: He <laughs> needs to get angry. With, and I also had the live album. <laughs> all right,
2: what do you think of walking through the park and speak into the microphone? You sound like you're far away from it.
1: All right, all right. This that's a cool song with a groovy, bouncy style. As if I'm walking through <laughs> the park with a cutie. They all sound like they had fun recording it, and it shows. Okay, how do you like that? You still sound muddy for
2: Muddy Waters, but that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Right. I don't know what the
1: fuck is going on. There you go. Oh, there we go. There you go. Uh, that's okay. That's yeah. a real cool song with the gooby bouncy style, As if I'm walking through the park with a cutie. They all sound like they all had fun recording it and it shows. So how about that one? All right. Well, we
2: got it twice. We got the muddy version and then yeah. the clean version.
1: <laughs> all right. Yeah, right.
2: That,
3: that, that be, was what for. Thank you. <laughs> all
2: right. This is a killer upbeat song to end this great album. It's moving and grooving killer drums on this one. I could dance if I knew how to dance. Uh, <laughs> Get up and the solo is amazing. I freaking love this song. And I didn't know it was a bonus track until I looked on Wikipedia.
1: <laughs> I didn't know until Brian told me. I didn't yeah. know it either.
2: So that was yeah. our uh our review of Muddy Waters Hard Again on the month of Brian, the blues <laughs> month of January. Yeah. And then we get into our tracks of the week and uh, Brian picked Muddy Waters, You Need Love. Uh I picked Mountain uh for well, by the time, as everybody knows that Leslie West passed away yesterday, so we're recording this. This won't be out till the end of January, basically. Uh, a song called For Yasker's Farm.
1: That's a cool one. Yeah. Great song. I just got I into surprised Mountain 2. i that you would pick it.
2: Well, I've, I've been getting into Leslie West because everybody's been talking about him for a long time. Well, it's
1: kind of an obscure song, so that's really cool.
2: Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I was gonna pick uh, Mississippi Queen, but I go everybody knows that song. I want to pick a deeper yeah. track, yeah. and and then Lee, you picked a uh, dirty blues band. Don't start me talking.
3: Yeah, nice. And then uh, Lee- one note, one note about uh, you need love. Uh, fans of Led Zeppelin will definitely recognize it because you need love essentially is a whole lot of love, yeah. and uh, uh, you you'll definitely hear <laughs> why um, they were sued by Willie Dixon because it's uh, very similar.
2: Oh, they should have been sued. They should have just gave them credit, man. Help them Absolutely. Them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Except that one band uh, tried to sue them for Stairway to Heaven. That was ridiculous.
3: <laughs> oh, was that Spirit?
2: Yeah, Spirit. Yeah. 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 And then we get to... I le- have
1: to tell you really quickly, um, I heard the difference between Taurus from Spirit and Stairway to Heaven. Um, well, I, I heard an interview with Mark Andes where he said that they took the whole thing Led Zeppelin only took maybe five or six seconds. The rest yeah. of the song is their own. I agree. I'm sorry. It was not a complete ripoff. Mm-mm.
2: Well, it's like pe- people said, uh, Tom Petty said, man, we're music. We always copy each other, man. Let it go. And uh, yeah. he, he didn't sue. I the wish chi-
1: people would copy my music more. He
2: didn't sue the Chili Peppers for Danny California. They said, said it sounded like <laughs> Mary Jane's Last Dance. He let it yeah. go. He said, we're, we're musicians, man. We should be helping each other out. Right on. It's the blues always stole from other blues artists. It's not They took it and then made it better each time. So
1: Oh, sure. Is there this should be a song, I stole my blues from you, and then have a whole bunch of different songs copied.
2: Well, if you're still, <laughs> stealing the whole song and using like the whole riff and the whole lyrics, then you should be sued. But if you're just using little parts of it here and there, I don't know. There's no problem with that. Oh, yeah. And, and then we get to Lee's song of the week, Restaurant. Were you in a restaurant yeah. when you wrote this?
1: <laughs> I was actually walking by a restaurant when I wrote it.
2: Was it the restaurant from Seinfeld? You always talk about that one.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it was across the street, <laughs> but it, it, it was probably community food and juice.
2: All right. So we want to thank you again, Brian, for uh, being on the podcast.
3: Uh, My pleasure, well, thank you for, for indulging me on, on all these great albums Well go ahead yeah. and, uh, and uh, pimp your uh, radio show and your podcast Sure man, uh, yeah it definitely the, the radio show If you're into uh, bluesy hard rock or, or frankly just the blues uh, That's the place to go uh, The Bad Beat every Wednesday night at 11pm Eastern Time 8pm Pacific on thatmetalstation.com There's lots of great shows on there Uh, So check it out. And then uh, the podcast, completely different. It's all about movies. A lot of fun. Check out Damn Good Movie Memories.
2: And then we end with our tracks of the week, which is uh, Brian's Muddy Waters, You Need Love, Lee's Dirty Blues Band, Don't Start Me Talking, and me with Mountain, Yasker's Farm. And uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Condolences to Leslie West's family if they listen to this. And uh, thank you for the... Excellent guitar tone. You know, I have never heard a guitar player like him. It's like, yeah. And
3: check out his later stuff too. I mean, mountains amazing. Uh, but he's continued to put out great material even later in his life. So definitely check and those, those. Bruce albums out. And Lang, Yeah. Also really good. Yeah, definitely.
2: It's just sad because I started getting into him last year because everybody was talking about that live, uh, Blu-ray set. He put up of complete shows. That was a huge box set of him just playing with his band. And I heard yeah. it was really good. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I go, Who's this Leslie West? I know Mississippi Queen. And I started listening to it like, Oh my God, this shit is awesome.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. He was, uh, I mean, Hendrix loved him. Uh, I, Pete Townsend had said that he, he, I don't know if he was being facetious, but he was basically saying, I, I, I want to give up playing guitar after watching Leslie West play. Uh, that's how influential he was. I mean, talk to Zach Wilde. I mean, they all of those great guitar players that came after him will absolutely love Leslie West. And he, just, he had a great voice, too. That's the thing. And people just talk about his guitar playing, but I love his voice.
1: You know what's so really weird is, well, I was um, on Messenger with a friend of mine, and we were talking about Charlie Pride. Mm. And so that morning, I listened to some Charlie Pride, and then later... I found out that Charlie Pride died that morning. Emma. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, it was totally coincidence. Mm-hmm. But isn't that trippy? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's really trippy. And then, yeah. um, man, I, I just. But he was
1: great. I just, yeah, he was.
2: I, I remember those memes last night that, uh, Samuel's putting up the pictures of Leslie West and, uh, Zach Wild. And then he mm-hmm. had one with Leslie West with, a. Black label uh, on his thing, BLS. Yeah, the best. Yeah, yeah. that was cool, man. All right, let's. Oh, yeah. g- All right, go ahead.
3: No, no, no. I was just saying. No, definitely. Yeah.
2: All right, that's the show for today. And the tracks of the week are coming. Lee's song and uh, Lee, you know what to do. Say goodbye. Goodbye.
4: You got yawning. I got funny Baby, you look so Sweet and cunning Baby, way down inside Woman, you need love Woman, you need love You got to have some love I'm gonna give you some love I know you need love You just got to have love You got to have some love you make me feel so good You'll make me feel alright You'll make me feel so good you make me feel alright You'll make me feel so good You'll make me feel alright you so you right. You're so nice, so nice so nice. so nice, so nice you so nice, so nice You are fretting. And I am pitting. Not of good thing. Oh, you ain't getting. Baby, way down inside. Woman, you need love. I know you need love. You just gotta have some love. <laughs> she got <thousands> the power <laughs>
0: Down the road,
5: stop at Fannie Mae's Tell Fannie what I heard My Boyfriend say, don't stop me talking I tell everything I know I'm gonna break up the sick device. Lord, somebody's got to go Old Jack give his wife two dollars Go downtown to get some market get out on the street well, oh, Joy stopped her. He knocks her down, and black night she get back home and tell her husband oh, a lie. Don't you stop me talking? I tell everything I know. I'm gonna break up the sacrifice. Lord, somebody's gotta go. Some money I Go to the beauty shop He hawked his home She began to start To take me around Around the block I'm going to the beauty shop While I'm on Get my hair I've been talking I tell everything I know I'm going to break up the sacrifice Lord, somebody's got to go Haught his home She began to start To take me, babe Around the block I'm going to the beautiful pile while I'm on Get my hair on. Stop me talking I tell everything I know I'm going to break up the sacrifice Lord, Lord, somebody's got to go
1: That it's great for me. You have great taste in food. And you are not a fool. Because you liked me. Is it something that you say to everybody? Or is that what I said to you? Are we going to be together every single day? Or is this just a concept I can chew?
3: You have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artists by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.